Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show where intimacy is real. Hey, Dr. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty fantastic. Hello from Las Vegas. Yes. How has I, your time been and out there, out west, in Vegas land in you know, California? It's, it's fantastic. I actually was in Santa Monica at the pier and went down to uh, Venice Beach, where I had, in honor of our show today with Dr. Linda DeVillers, mm-hmm. I had a oyster, an aphrodisiac. Okay. Yes, I did. Not far from where uh, she has been in Santa Monica. So I'm highly looking forward to this uh, episode today. Yes. Yeah. So that is definitely what makes you feel a little sexy. I have some questions, actually. I I don't know how long it takes to affect me. Okay. But I only had one, so I have some questions for Dr. DeVillers. Okay, and you only had one. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, yes, I'm excited about getting this show started. And I just wanted to let you know, before we get started, um, we want to continue to bring about important and informative topics to bring an intimacy back. So we have started a Patreon account. And um, if you want Dr. Kelly and my thoughts on a weekly show and tips on intimacy, Our Patreon is for you. And by subscribing to this Intimate Reflection Patreon tier, we will send you three post-show talks, four intimacy tips a month. And by joining Bringing Intimacy Back Patreon, you will be directly supported running our show and gives us more time for production. And so to become a patron, it's um, you just go to patreon.com slash BIB, which stands for Bringing Intimacy Back, BIB podcast, and subscribe for $5 a month for intimate reflections tier, which is great. And so as we um, continue to move forward, I know last week we talked about finding your voice and we're still, yeah, of course, that in this, and that was, that was amazing. And we're still in this section here. <laughs> yes, yes. And today's yeah, topic, we're in this section here. Yes, yes. Today's topic is simple, sexy food, which is exciting aphrodisiac, tasting aphrodisiac recipes, and central tips to help all of us increase our libido. And I would like to welcome an expert in this. I mean, she's been writing about it, talking about it. She has a podcast. Um, She's also a sex therapist and has been in the field so much. So anyway, I would like to introduce Dr. Linda DeVillis. Welcome. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Yes, yes, we're so welcome. We're so excited about having you on the show. Yes, and and about your book. Yes, about the sexy foods. Yeah, I actually found this book, Little History, Dr. DeVillers. Um, My sister and I were shopping and I saw this book. My sister Ruthie said, we have to get you on the show. And uh, so, and she's had eight children, mind you. And so I reached out, uh, I had the producer reach out to get you. We're so thrilled to have you here. Can't wait to hear more from you. 
Yes. And I, I, I'd love to know exactly when you say you found it, were you at a conference? Where were you? How did you find it? I was at an Amazon bookstore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. then somebody must and, have pre-sold. I don't actually sell it on Amazon. So it means that somebody bought it and then put it back on. Uh, do you know what they did? Uh, I sell it. Wow, interesting. Well, I stumbled upon it, and I believe in Providence because, (laughs) listen, that was fantastic. I'm not a chef. I haven't been able to cook any of these, but and it was in Southwest Florida. So um, what inspired your – how did you get involved in this? I just want to dive right in. How did this start for you? Were you just, like, there with your Easy Bake Oven in Santa Monica (laughs) where you were being raised going, I like chocolate? not quite. No, what, what, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of the saga. So what happened is that a friend of mine, a colleague in the LA area said to me, Hey, you know, these days, the way people make um, resumes is they don't do paper resumes. They do a DVD and they show little excerpts of themselves on television shows, which I have been on a number of. And so forth. And, you know, and I'll feature your credentials. And I said to him, well, if you're going to do all of that, I want what's on my paper um, resume, which is my interests. So one of my interests is cooking and sexy food and as well as tennis and some other things. So I did a whole, you know, elaborate coffee tables worth of of sensual foods, went off to a local market and spent a lot of money putting all these voluptuous foods on the table with some books. And my friend says to me, there's your next book. And I thought, really? Oh, well, maybe that's true. And my first book, yeah. yeah, And so he, he got, I did not, he planted the thought in my head my first book called Love Skills is a sex positive book about enriching relationships and intimacy. And I've always been focused on the positive end of sexuality and not the, not the negative part. So I'm much more interested in enhancing sexuality. And it led to a whole, it was an eight year project because I not only do therapy, but I've also been teaching sexuality classes and I have some research training so I said well I need to gather some surveys and some data so the book became a culmination of both recipes and really some solid look at what aphrodisiac foods are and how they might help you and also did these surveys that found out what people personally uh, thought was most useful to them in the way of aphrodisiac foods. Wow. I want to ask you how you, right, as we always ask our guests, how do you define intimacy? So as we springboard off of this, and uh, Dr. April is a sex therapist. I myself am not, but I have done a lot, some relational counseling, and I'm so grateful that you're talking about it in a positive way because it can truly be perceived negative. How do you define intimacy, Dr. DeFillo? I Again, I'm going to draw from 
some classes I've taught on personal and social awareness because there's more than one way to define intimacy and there's more than one form of intimacy. So if we're talking about emotional intimacy, uh, which is what I think a lot of people are thinking about, then we're talking about um, sharing thoughts and feelings with someone that you probably would not share with somebody else and being willing to be vulnerable about it. But it's also obviously possible to talk about physical intimacy. That's one of the euphemisms for sex. There is, there is creative intimacy. There is intellectual intimacy. And all of these things are about sharing ideas or being on the same wavelength with somebody about mm-hmm. various things. Do you want more? no that's good how you put it and i think even in the sense of what we're talking about um and you put the word being creative yes yes yeah and that's kind of even in the um the book that you're yes it's about being creative with the food yes yeah yeah exactly and I, I think the catches are why a, a focus on let's talk about sexy food or aphrodisiac food, whichever term you prefer, is that it, it's breaking a routine. When you start focusing that way, you're probably going to look at the food differently. Uh, one of the terms I've coined is erotic lenses. Mm-hmm. And it means like go around the world and start looking at things and notice their erotic potential. So, I mean, I I could name a million foods, but let's start with one that was in my backyard when I was growing up. It was called an avocado tree. Mm -hmm. Now, as a Californian, and I hope other people elsewhere as well, love avocados. But, you know, I don't know that they look at it erotically. However, if you put on your erotic lenses, one of the, the reason I think I picked the avocado is because there's both masculine and feminine aspects of an avocado that are quite erotic. The outside texture of an avocado and its shape, does it remind you of anything? Hmm? What's it remind you of, Dr. April? Oh, I was more thinking. I mean, about- I know the eggplant one, but avocado. What does it remind you of? Well, yeah, I was thinking of the inside, but you were yeah, with we're the outside. outside now. And please remember, I wasn't talking color. I'm. How about if I give you a big hint? Not only shape, but texture. Okay, a testicle. Yes, thank you. Yes. And you know what? It turns out the word avocado in. Um, I think it's Aztec or something like that. One of those languages means testicle. And when you even look at an avocado tree, I mean, this gets worse or better as the case may be. Bring it. Just bring it. This is bringing intimacy back. It it tends to, they tend to um, pairs. Growing pairs. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. One is usually lower than the other one. Who knew? So uh, there's... So masculine <laughs> element there, but now you cut it open, and I think you very much alluded to the fact you have the soft texture, you have the uh, organic texture, and obviously there's a lot of allusion to female 
genital parts when you think about the inside of an avocado. So just saying. Wow. It, it's not an aphrodisiac, though, correct? It's, you're talking about the erotic lens where you're looking at it and saying, let's just not rush this process. Right. Is what I kind of hear you saying. Right, but let me, I'm going to read from my book. Um, early explorers to the Americas were enamored by the fruit and it, uh, and it took it back to Europe where Francis's son, King Louis XIV, Louis XIV, very, very well known, called it the good pear. And he said it enhanced his libido. Yes, so... Okay. Uh- and there were Spanish Catholic priests who considered it a forbidden fruit and told their parishioners, you must not eat this. It might turn you on. May Rest was another person, 20th century icon, as it were, stripper, who uh, indicated that she ate an avocado a day and it kept her erotic juices going. I just so, walked by her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Did Didn't even know that. Yeah. And so now that's a perfect example of that's the erotic or that's the aphrodisiac lure of something like an avocado. It's not, a, and I need to hasten to say, it's not as if, oh, you're going to sit down and eat an avocado and just suddenly be turned on. But on the other hand, if you weave this into a sensual meal and you have the knowledge that I just told you that, hey, this is a lusty food, it can, through the power of expectation, help turn you on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so Dr. DeVillis, are you saying that when we take these... um erotic lens yes and we put them on and we think about and look at something and we're talking about food right now and we look at it and we um think about all the erotic stuff the food has that it can turn a food into an aphrodisiac Uh, yes and i'm absolutely saying that and it also for example um Dr. Kelly, you were saying that you ate one oyster. Now, um, even if you ate half a dozen oysters, there is some research that actually found that oysters, mussels, and clams do trigger a biochemical um, experience that does raise testosterone a little bit and so forth. But the truth And this is what people It's not just the food itself, uh, but it is this I'm going to have a sensual experience while I eat my oyster. And maybe I'm even going to serve this oyster to my partner that I'm with. Okay. Okay, hey, I'm 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 going to show you something, Dr. DeVillers. I kept yes. this. Yes. This is, um, uh, let's see, it's a Blue Point Oyster. 
Okay. So I would like for you to put on your erotic lens or maybe, should we try it on Dr. April? <laughs> yes. Dr. April, please put on your erotic lens. Yes. And uh, I'm going to show you different parts of this. This is the very first oyster I have ever had. Might be the last, just kidding, but I'm just saying. Right. Uh, look at this. So yes. put on your erotic lens. Yes. And I'm going to show you different sides of this. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you see, and then we'll talk about uh, that not rushing the experience. If you are listening to this commercial, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. You may need a therapist. How do you find a therapist? Oh, you go to your phone book. Wait, what's that? Go to the World Wide Web, you type in, therapist near me. And then you find a list of acronyms. LMHC, LPC, NCC. <sighs> How on earth do I understand this and navigate this? Go to drkellyboucher.com. Dr. Kelly specializes in helping people that struggle with anxiety, stress, burnout, grief, depression, compassion, fatigue, sleep issues, body image issues. You can have help today. And meanwhile, remember, some people are allergic to shrimp, but shrimp was a very common one. The other thing that showed up that's a finger food, and uh, it highlights the difference in ages and preferences, was sushi. So people under the age of 35 think sushi is sexy and they you like better believe it, it. Uh, okay do you and think you know, it's yes. dr devillers do yes. you think it's because they eat it in one bite it could you know be. you don't like just that's or true. you know you i don't it's know they just like can devour it it's more carnal you know it is uh, carnal it's it's uh it's what was I going to say? It's often made for you. You know, you didn't have to make it yourself. So there's an element of that in it. Uh, it's rather playful. But anyway, I was personally shocked to see this sushi show up uh, because for all that I like it, I didn't quite personally perceive it that way. But there were people, you know, what is the sexiest meal you've ever had? I, I got, I think it was like, 4,000 responses. Um, some people wrote, the sexiest meal I ever had was when my girlfriend made me mac and cheese. I'm going, what are we talking about? Now that's-, that's Did she awful. make it in bed? What? what What's up with that? That was um, an outlier response, but it highlighted, wow, yeah. highlighted this point that if this is your fantasy food, maybe it has potential. I personally think I would go back to the finger foods a lot more or those with specific textures. There's a recipe in my book for asparagus soup. It is velvety. I, I can't, it is savory. And, you know, by the way, another aspect of what makes a food sexy or the whole purpose of having a sexy meal, slow down, slow down and savor. Mm -hmm. Use all of your senses. 
don't, you know, the problem in the United States and many other places also is that people eat unconsciously. They just wolf down their food. They're not present. It's a problem. I mean, it helps contribute to diabetes and all these things. And so that's, that's also, by the way, another motive for writing the book that these foods with these reputations happen to be very healthy foods. And I just think it's a more fun and positive approach <clears throat> to be emphasizing, why don't you eat this because it's sexy versus why don't you eat it because it's good for you? <clears throat> You're just adding a different twist. <clears throat> but if you eat slowly, you're likely to eat less. Mm. You're likely to enjoy it more. Right. So um, have you worked with couples who've been, I'm assuming as a sex therapist, you've worked with couples who've struggled mm-hmm. with intimacy and with sex. <clears throat> yeah. When you start talking about this, how does that? How does it go? Yeah. Well, I don't, I just go home and have a second meal. But we, we talk, you know, we talk about um, what are some things they haven't done before in the past. I happen to believe enough in what I call lifestyle factors that affect sexual expression. So obviously the, the emotional stuff and how much a couple are getting along. But I also think diet and exercise are very important. So in a very early session, I will be asking people about their exercise habits. Mm -hmm. I'll get them to start taking walks if they're not, you know, doing anything. And then when it comes to food, I'll ask the same stuff, you know, what are you doing? And I will, it, you know, you can't force people who don't cook at all to suddenly cook up a storm. But you can say there are simple things. And I have had more than one couple, one vividly I think of, who entered therapy saying they they weren't having as much sexual uh, contact as they wanted. They were from South America. And very interestingly, um, their Spanish roots, they said they always had tapas night. Tapas night was Friday night. Mm-hmm. And they either made them or purchased tapas, and they made it quite clear that sexual activity followed. You know, it was their night to pull out a little wine and so forth. And so one of the interventions was, I mean, not the only one, we talked about quality of sexual activity and all of that, but <clears throat> I... I asked whether they'd like to have a second sort of special night. And we're back to the sushi. They created Tuesday night sushi night. And it was very, <laughs> great. It was very effective. Um, I, <clears throat> I'm noticing, from, I was reviewing some of the material I did for the book. And what's really sexy, people like, having their significant other make them a meal. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I think it can be a simple meal. But whoever is planning this, or even they can do this collaboratively, uh, they need to pay attention not only to what they're going to eat, but where and what is the environment. So uh, again, a couple that I worked with and again, the issue was desire. 
uh, I just I got some details and I found out they had a very private backyard. Ooh, okay. And backyard mm-hmm. plus a nice um, beach towel. Uh, one of them set up a very elaborate. When I say elaborate, I don't mean too much work, but you know they put time and energy into getting some uh, candles and ambiance out in their backyard, which was to me a very creative thing to do. And again, all of these things break separate. You know, we've got our ritual. We usually do it this way, um, and you're trying to break out of the the rut, as it were. And you want to you want to encourage couples too. I encourage any couples that are listening or individuals that are like, how can we get out of this routine to slow down? Like Dr. DeViller said, like slow down, pace yourself, look at your environment, and say, what do we already have here, and where can we make these special places and communicate about it? How much of a buzzkill would that be? So think about it also that you know if you're not going to take your phone. To bed during your intimate moment, set it aside, leave it in another room while you're having this simple sexy meal. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, definitely. Well, we're going to take a short break and then when we come back, we're going to talk. Um, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not sure if we can take a short break. <laughs> um, we're not taking a short break today. We're yes. keeping this. Oh, yes, we can. We can take a short break. Okay, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to take questions from the audience about the sexiness of meals and what things we can to do to have more of it and what things um, we need to avoid if we're having a sexy meal. Okay. Okay. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the Vacation Counseling, Please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on Vacation Counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, Vacation counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Hi, welcome back to the Bring in Intimacy show where intimacy is real. And guys, don't forget to check us out on Patreon. It's BIB Patreon. Um, if you're thinking about helping us and um, so we can have some more wonderful guests. So Dr. DeVillers, what are some things we've been talking about having this sexy meals? Are there things that we should avoid when making it sexy meal? And um, like myself, I'm not all that good of a cook. Is that, do you have to be a great cook to do it? Absolutely. You do not need to be a great cook to do this. 
And, and what would be um, not the right approach would be to pick a recipe that was sort of above your level, you know what I'm saying, or that was super complicated. Um, you you want to keep things simple, you know, or uh, what's at least what's simple for you. And that's why, among other things, although what my research found was that people loved it when somebody made a surprise meal for them, but the alternative to being very collaborative can help each person sort of do what they're better at. And one person could be focused on setting the stage, as it were, and the other one doing um, doing the cooking or uh you know, when we mentioned sushi, although I have that in my book as a recipe, um, I personally, you know, I've made it about three times in my life. I, I think going to the store and buying it might be the uh, easier approach to that. Particular. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think of, uh, oh, in other words, something like making guacamole, even though most people buy it. Uh, that's not a hard task to do. You don't need an advanced degree to make guacamole, I don't think. Uh, and uh, you simply pick something, as I said, that's that's basically simple for you. You know what I like about your book and your entire style, Dr. DeVillers? You have research-based recipes, advice. You had, like, uh, in your survey, like, as many as, what, 4,000 people? This is, like, a quantitative and qualitative response research. Right. And so these are great tips, but I want the listeners to know that this is an eight-year book in process, research-based advice, uh, but it's an individual thing. So you, we have outliers, like somebody likes mac and cheese in bed. They think that's great. So it's really, would you say it's also what works for them? Yes. What would you yes, say to a couple? Yes, I very much uh, do believe it's what works for them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but, don't give me oysters in bed. Mac and cheese is my style. <laughs> well, uh, all right. I just happened to be on this page because I was looking at the avocado. So now I'm staring at a banana. Now, the other fun <laughs> thing was that uh, in doing my surveys, you know, we've mentioned that age was a factor. Well, so was sexual orientation. So I, it should not surprise people that bananas were more likely to be embraced as a sexy food by gay men. Um, actually, you might wonder if women who love giving fellatio also viewed <laughs> bananas as sexy. But in addition to the potential sex appeal of banana. Uh, I want to remind you, you know, you could just wolf down a banana, but I wonder how many people have sucked a banana and really savored it. It is possible to slowly suck a banana and take it in. I think that would be a very interesting thing for certain couples to try doing if they love bananas it's right. just an interesting creative twist right okay <laughs> yeah then I was just thinking um we just got a question and so yeah. um I wouldn't suggest this well the question is um I'm and it's quest coming from Lisa okay. from New York 
And Lisa says that she has been, you know, dating, dating, and she wants to spice up her dating. And she really um, wants to get serious about it. So she's wondering, is it okay to cook or to do a sexy meal on the first date? But oh. I, would, I would say no for the banana. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we're not going to do bananas. Well, you know what I'm wondering before I answer that? I, you know, uh, did they meet on Tinder? Uh, was, there a, <laughs> was there a subtext? Um, it's, and this is coming from a woman, a heterosexual yeah. woman? Well, all we know is Lisa, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but we don't know whether she's planning right. for a woman or a man or a non-binary for that matter. Right. Right. But uh, I'm just bringing that up. Uh, it's a little bit forward, but on the other hand, um, you know, we don't know how much they've talked before this sudden first um, date has happened. And so I would be saying uh, that uh, the way she could broach this would be... Um, hey, I was thinking it might be nice and it would uh, give us a chance to have quiet time together if you came to my place for dinner. What do you think about that? Mm, okay. Come to my place is what he would hear <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> so, I mean, as I think about safety 101, you know, the classic thing to say to a heterosexual woman is make sure you meet in a public place. Of course, yes. Uh, so it, it does fly a little bit in, in the wrong direction with regard to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I, I'm thinking back to ancient and when I used to do some dating before I was in the relationship I'm in. Uh, I typically knew exactly where this person worked. I, I knew enough data. You mess with me. <laughs> There's going to be a problem. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think we need a lot more information before we, we do that. Um, or, you know, make a hard and fast. Of course. To, to this. I have a question uh, from Ruthie in Virginia. Uh, Ruthie wants to know if you could only plant three foods in your garden, which three would you plant? Oh, wow. I am not enough of a gardener. You know, for starters, we need to plant something that isn't going to die readily. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, erotic foods, like if if you could really grow three Uh, foods and and you weren't, yeah, I think that's what they meant. Um. You know, we're also wondering about uh, space. I'll tell you what flashed into my mind, a mango tree. Yes, I love mangoes. I'm in Southwest Florida. You know how many different species there are? See, I'll never forget being in the Virgin Islands and watching, they just fell to the ground and those were the most amazing. Uh, Mangoes are uh, simply amazing. That's all I can say. You don't want those hard mangoes. You want the low hanging fruit, right? What, whatever. See, I don't, nice I don't tender, yeah. growing them, uh, to be able to say, um, I was using a sexual innuendo. <laughs> yes. I know that. You, I don't want a hard 
mango period then there's the low hanging one you can get right off the ground and you can pick it up and peel it and exactly. eat it. it's luscious right um see i'm even wondering about herbs you know there there's all sorts mm. of herbs and spices that have uh aphrodisiac reputations so and what are those spices Ooh. well there's quite yes. a few um Certainly, mint has oh. a reputation. Okay. Um, oregano, uh, and then it, let's mention something that we haven't mentioned before. In general, spicy foods, yeah, uh, virtually always have um, some sort of erotic lore related to them. Mm-hmm. And, and let me bring this up about these foods, too. Over the long haul, all of these foods contribute to um, long-term sexual health. Because, for, and for example, when we talk about these spicy foods, um, I wonder how many people know that they, are so, they so help clear the um, blood vessels that if you need to go in for surgery, a non-emergency, your physician is likely to say to you, please do not eat the following foods a week before surgery. I wonder if you knew this. Yeah. Garlic will be on the list. Cayenne pepper will be on the list. All the things I happen to love will be on the list. And it's all because they contribute their blood thinners. Wow. I hope you understand over there. We're not going in for emergency surgery. Then I guess right. these would be wonderful foods. I, I have an expression, clogged arteries and good sex do not mix. So wow. any food yes. that's going to help clean those arteries is a long-term sexy food. Well, can I, let's talk about um, the penis. Okay. What, uh, and the reason is because um, there are certain ones that uh, supposedly are supposed to help uh, with that um, specific vessel, uh, such as um, Brussels sprouts, I heard. I never got to read your entire book, mind you. I just I, got I, like I, a quarter of the way through with it. We say what you just said. What about what? Brussels sprouts. Do oh, they Brussels help? The, uh, I don't believe is in my book. Uh, it, I don't think so. Uh, so I can't speak to it, but you're speaking. So that's a fallacy. Is no pun intended. So that's a fallacy that Brussels sprouts <laughs> do not help with that. It's uh, phallic in shape. Um, yeah, that could be. However, yeah, I, I have to tell you honestly, I don't have. I didn't look up Brussels sprouts. I certainly looked up um, what other food. Asparagus is a great one. And that's also fat. What's good for the penis that men should be eating? Um, well, the classic is to say anything that has a lot of zinc in it. Mm, good okay. to know. Yeah. And at the tip of my tongue, I'm not sure that I'm, other than the oysters, that's what the oysters have in them is zinc. Uh, but, I, yeah, I want to put my money on uh, um on the asparagus and then the other food that's so <laughs> this is off the wall it's partly what inspired me to do such deep research 
because, and just to say, I either was using journal articles or university press articles. So I was in Egypt the year before everything kind of exploded and on a Nile cruise. And I'd also met a woman who said, well, if you're doing research on aphrodisiac foods, you've got to make sure you pay attention to the Temple of Karnak uh, at one of the major uh, tombs. I can't remember which one now. And uh, so here's this, oh, it's the White Chapel at the Temple of Karnak. That's it. So the White Chapel has the Egyptian god Min, god of fertility, surrounded by these long skinny things and he's also sporting an erection the long skinny things are romaine lettuce mm. romaine lettuce. okay ruthie if you're still and listening is, plant some romaine lettuce yeah. so i thought that's just off the wall now this goes back to ancient times and the reason that Romaine was associated with potency and fertility was that when you break a leaf, it, emit, it, it emits a little white milky substance. Now, I ran off to the supermarket when yeah. I was home, and that's not what I found, but my neighbor was growing it. Wow. And I assure you, when you are freshly growing romaine in your own yard, and you break the bottom of the leaf, there is a milky substance. Wow. That's just fun. With or without erotic lenses, you can get that picture. (laughs) But you will notice that um, romaine is rather lengthy and rather firm often. Good romaine is pretty firm, is it not? Yeah, we don't want limp romaine. And, And... it's a lot more fun to evoke that image than it is, well, it's a dark leafy green, so you ought to eat it, you know, right. kind of mentality. And a lot of the foods that you've mentioned are very healthy. That's and what yeah. I said. I, Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, and I'm still stuck on the, um, you know, the thinning of the blood and stuff and how, you know, sexy food um, not only improves your relationship, but it improves your health. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. That I, 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 to me, that's the kill two birds with one stone kind of approach, you know, <laughs> have your wonderful meal. Yes. And do something good for yourself in the, in the process. Right, right, right. And especially even in the sense of, um, I'm not sure if you've worked with older couples who sometimes are struggling with their health. Right. And maybe are having sexual issues. Right. right here is a perfect um, example of how to help them, like you said, kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, exactly. Or feed feed two birds with the same crumb. Okay. And exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I'm going to bring up something, too, that I actually have in my lecture notes. Um, and I, I have to say it, I can only guess what this couple did after I saw them. But um, (laughs) we were in Paris, France, and it was a Saturday night. And this was about two years before Notre Dame had its terrible fire. Mm. So I don't know. I hope some of your listeners have been to Paris or certainly they've seen pictures. But obviously in front of Notre Dame, you're going to see 
a bunch of people, you know, there's right, a bunch right. of tourists. And, uh, and we were walking there. Our place was very near there. And all of a sudden in the corner, we saw a couple all dressed in white with a white table and a white and two white chairs. And they were having wine and cheese. Okay. And I, I do speak French compliments of a former spouse. <laughs> and I went over and talked to them. They were married. I saw the wedding rings. They were probably a couple in their fifties, possibly early. So anyway, give or take. And they said, well, we just thought it would be a fun thing to do. And they have the audacity to be in a public place and set up their little table by the side and have their wine and cheese. And I, I, I say to people, you know, do we want to place bets on what happened when they went home? Uh, and I would. But what I found out was that because I thought it was so creative, I found out that there's something called dinner in white. And in France, normally there's a lot of people and they're invited, they have to pay money, but they're to dress in white. And then it's usually, whether it's in front of the Eiffel Tower or it's wherever, they're served. Okay. But they had taken the creative leap of taking that equipment and, you know, individuating it. I also found out that in Los Angeles, New York, and certain other major cities, dinner in white exists in the United States as well. Ooh, right. Google it and find out where and, it is. But my point is that doing something utterly unconventional is we're back to how creative that was. They were dialoguing. I assure you there were no cell phones in sight. And they were doing their thing. Mm. And that's, you know, what does matter is, do we, is that a form of foreplay? Of course it's a form yes. of foreplay. Very yes. much so. And when you say they were doing their own thing, they were lost in the world, just the two of them. Yeah, yeah. And they were not bothered by other people. And I, I as I said, I audaciously went up and talked to them briefly, but and they were not disturbed by that. Yeah. Um, I think they were quite amused, actually. Yeah. But I was just blown away by what wow. I saw. Wow. And I've been blown away by what you presented to us. I definitely got to go get this book. Yes, yes. And just, yeah, use it you know, personally and professionally. Thank you so much. And, and let me, thank you so much. And I, I do want to say, you know, the little plug is my website, which is just my name, Linda Villers is the go-to place to get the book. That's Okay. okay. Yes, yes, that's where we're sending people. Yes. Yeah, I thank you so much. Yes. Is there any... And I was going to ask. I just love any... it. Oh, yes. I loved it, too. Yeah. Is there any other um, platform that people can connect with you? Uh, primarily, no, I'm, I've been a little remiss about that. I'm on the brink of doing more things, but at this time, it's, it's the website. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for asking. Okay. Yes. Thank you. And for those of you who are listening and uh, whether during the show or post show, it's Dr. Linda DeVillers and it's Linda D E B I L L E R S.com. You can get the book there 
And thank you so much. Also, we have upcoming shows. Uh, no fooling on April 1st, we have Mike Cotayo putting humor back in healthcare. Marilyn Boker on April 8th, Sexology 101. April's going to be booked and fun too. Michelle Colley on April 15th, Love and Money, Financial Intimacy. And then April 22nd with Ron Kamen, Earth Day is for Everyone on Environmental Intimacy. And remember, listeners, uh, we are hosting Clubhouse on Friday, every Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please follow us on social media and become a part of the Bringing Intimacy Back community. Yes, and definitely even follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. And don't forget to join our exclusive on Patreon. Um, we're there. Please support us. And um, don't forget on iTunes, um, if you like what you see, give us ratings. We will really, really do appreciate that. Dr. Kelly, it's been a pleasure. And I'll, this has been a bringing intimacy back. And we'll see you later. Thank you. And Bye -bye. thank you, Dr. Villers. You're welcome. Ciao.